Welcome to episode 197 of the Truth Quest podcast. The truth about April 2022, the month of the all-out assault on free speech and the First Amendment. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as communism in America, the empire of lies, the American financial system, secession, the petrodollar, or the Great Reset comes up, please share the topic-specific Truth Quest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Truth Social, Getter, Amazon Music, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, Rumble, and Instagram where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment to give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest Podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. The month started and ended with the world's richest man announcing that he was going to buy Twitter. Elon Musk started by buying 9.2% of the company. Then they offered him a seat on the board of directors as a way of keeping him from acquiring more shares. He declined that offer. Then he floated the idea of buying the entire company in a hostile takeover. The board threatened to implement a poison pill scheme whereby they would dilute Musk's ownership percentage. Then Musk tweeted, quote, Board salary will be zero if my bid succeeds. So that's around $3 million per year saved right there. Here's an interesting note about the Twitter board. Besides Twitter founder Jack Dorsey, the board owns a total of 77 shares of Twitter stock. So they're just a bunch of leftist hack activists appointed to push and endorse censorship. Then the board agreed to Musk's $44 billion buyout after he told them they would be sued if they declined his offer due to their fiduciary duty to stockholders. See, the stock was at $45 or $46 bucks at the time and Musk offered $54.20. Then the crazies that work at Twitter started barking at the moon. Some even cried over the prospect of the billionaire takeover and the end of censorship. Clearly, Elon's bid to buy Twitter has officially revealed the left's agenda for anyone who has been asleep or ignored them for the last five or six years. They cannot exist in a world where debate is allowed because their idea, their agendas, and their policies can be refuted by your average sixth grader. If Twitter becomes a free speech zone, they will never win another election. Then a bunch of libertarians and conservatives started sarcastically tweeting about the tens of thousands of new followers they were getting on Twitter, posing a question similar to this. Hey, I just picked up 12,000 new followers in the last 24 hours. Is something going on? Obviously, the lunatic employees inside Twitter turned off a bunch of their censorship tools in the hopes of saving their jobs. I hope Musk fires everyone who works there and starts over from scratch. Continuing the theme of the assault on free speech and the First Amendment, the Biden administration announced the creation of a new bureau, the Disinformation Governance Board, to fight the spread of disinformation online, in direct opposition to the First Amendment, of course. This bureau will be part of the Unconstitutional Department of Homeland Security and run by a complete idiot by the name of Nina Jankowitz, who can be seen on social media singing a song about silencing free speech to the tune of Mary Poppins. Keep in mind, this is a woman who called the Hunter Biden laptop disinformation. 
So basically what is proposed is men with guns will stop words from appearing in public that they deem dangerous or potentially dangerous. Basically, Biden's foes are enemies of the state. In 2002, Congress created the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, to, among other things, secure America's border from foreign threats. Now, 20 years later, the DHS has repurposed itself to target domestic terrorists, the Americans, who complain about their own federal government. No development could better illustrate how, over the past two decades, the American security state apparatus has evolved from a shield that guards the American people into a weapon that targets them. The comparison to George Orwell's classic novel 1984 and his Ministry of Truth couldn't be more obvious. For those of you unfamiliar, the lead character in Orwell's classic, Winston Smith, works in the ministry, a government department that controls information coming from news, entertainment, arts, and education. Smith's role at the ministry is to correct historical records to align with the messaging of Big Brother, the leader or symbol of the novel's ruling totalitarian party. That book was published in 1949. If that wasn't enough of an assault on free speech, we had former President Obama and the nasty one herself, Hillary Clinton, come out in the same week and call for more rigorous online censorship. Oh, and we had former intel officials calling for the continued monopoly power of big tech to ensure, drumroll please, to monitor disinformation from, drumroll please, Russia. As reported by Glenn Greenwald, a group of former intelligence and national security officials issued a jointly signed letter warning that pending legislative attempts to restrict or break up the power of big tech monopolies, Facebook, Google, and Amazon, would jeopardize national security because, they argue, their centralized censorship power is crucial to advancing U.S. foreign policy. I wonder how many in that group of former intelligence and national security officials were the same ones who signed the letter saying that Hunter's laptop was Russia disinformation. I'm sure the average citizen, already subjected to the illegal spying of the NSA and the Unconstitutional Patriot Act and online censorship, will never get caught up in this mess with DHS. The assault on free speech got me thinking, what a difference 60 years makes. In the 1960s, leftists argued that they would defend to the death anyone's right to free speech. In the 2020s, leftists argue those who utter a differing opinion than them should be put to death. Let's turn our attention to the United States' southern open border. Essentially, the federal government is not allowing Border Patrol to deport illegals. They've had massive numbers of immigrants enter the country since the day Biden took office. The latest news is 26 U.S. governors, all Republican, announced the creation of a border strike force to, quote, disrupt and dismantle transnational criminal organizations. The group of governors signed a memorandum of understanding, pledging to work together to, quote, serve as a force multiplier to target cartels and criminal networks financially and operationally. We'll see if that ever gets off the ground. But essentially, since the federal government is not enforcing the border, the governors feel that they need to do it themselves. Meanwhile, we have Texas Governor Greg Abbott loading illegal immigrants on charter buses and dropping them off in Washington, D.C. Now, he was being celebrated by many on the right for doing so. I personally don't get it. Why would he do Biden's dirty work for him? Why would he, at Texas taxpayer expense, move illegals into the nation's interior? Enforce your friggin' border, Governor. Deport them. He thought he was making a point about Biden's open border policy. Screw that, Greg. The Constitution does not grant the federal government the power to enforce the border. Only naturalization. 
So enforce your border, buddy. Over 220,000 illegal immigrants were encountered at the southwest border in March. I assume that was not enough for the National Democrats, so Biden decided that the so-called Title 42 rule, which enables the quick expulsion of illegal aliens due to fears of them bringing COVID-19 into the country, was no longer needed. So he suspended it. It is projected that 18,000 illegals will cross on a daily basis after Title 42 is officially removed later in May. Biden knows he must not have any rules that hinder the Democrats' voter drive at the border. The month ended with the judge ordering the Biden administration not to end Title 42. I'm sure he won't be deterred. He's been ignoring judges' rulings on the border his entire presidency. Let's turn our attention to COVID news. Major U.S. airlines dropped mask mandates for travelers after a judge struck down the CDC's mandate for planes and public transportation. Much like the crazies at Twitter responded to Elon Musk's takeover of the company, we witnessed weeping and gnashing of teeth by the mentally unstable, those suffering from the COVID mass psychosis, some who acted as if they've just been sentenced to death when the airlines dropped the mask mandates. These people want the masks. They are a sign of their devotion and obedience to the COVIDian cult. Much like Christians who wear a cross necklace as a sign of their devotion and obedience to Jesus Christ, Hey folks, if you want to wear a mask, wear one. No one is stopping you. Shanghai, a city of almost 30 million people, was completely shut down during the month over another outbreak of COVID. The government went so far as to fly drones around high-rise apartments to capture anyone going out on the balcony. They would be fined or possibly arrested. The scene of the empty city streets in this huge city and the wails of the citizens at night were beyond eerie. Some people just jumped off their balcony and committed suicide. Before I cover the biggest COVID-related story of the month, the Pfizer document dump, I think it's worth noting that just one year ago, director of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky, better described as a kook, liar, hack, and fraudster, said, quote, vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. It's not just in clinical trials, but in the real world data, end quote. Why does she still have a job? Now on to the Pfizer data dump. Another month has passed and we get some more data from the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine trial that they started before they abruptly ended it once they received emergency use authorization. Remember, these are the documents that Pfizer, in response to a FOIA request, said that they would need 75 years to produce, you know, after all of us are dead. A judge thought otherwise and required monthly disclosures. This month's documents revealed that Pfizer, Fauci, the CDC, and the FDA knew the following. The vaccine was not safe and effective, and natural immunity is a real thing, and the vaccine actually weakens your immune system, and the side effects of the vax on young people far outweighs the benefits, and fully vaccinated people are more likely to die from COVID, and the vaccine causes heart inflammation known as myocardosis, and... The documents disclose the fact that Pfizer hired 600 employees in the months after the COVID-19 vaccine was authorized in the United States due to the, quote, large increase of reports of side effects linked to the vaccine. According to a document prepared by the company, quote, more are joining each month with an expected total of more than 1,800 additional resources by the end of June 2021. And despite all of that, Biden, Fauci, Big Pharma, Big Tech, the CDC, the FDA, the federal government, 
still pushed and forced the vaccine on you? How sick is our government? On top of those historical documents, a ton of new contemporary studies on the COVID vax came out during the month. Here's a sample of the headlines I collected throughout. Unprecedented surge in cardiac arrest in young athletes. New study confirms ivermectin outperforms other options. Foreign research finds Pfizer-Moderna COVID vaccines don't reduce all-cause mortality. COVID jab is far more dangerous than advertised. Moderna new vaccinated people will never acquire proper immunity after breakthrough infections. The vaccines damage our immune system. Numerous health problems more likely because of COVID-19 vaccines than coincidence, VAERS data analysis. Question. Do you realize that the COVID-19 vaccine is the first vaccine approved for use by the FDA that actually does the opposite of what it claims to do? Legislation passed during the month making ivermectin available over-the-counter in Tennessee with consultation with a pharmacist. This after years of suppressing and censoring any news about the effectiveness of ivermectin by big tech, big pharma, and all the unconstitutional alphabet soup federal health agencies. Never forget that the federal government decided that they would prefer people die from COVID rather than distribute an anti-parasitic drug for pennies on the dollar that could knock the shit out of the virus if administered early. If India can afford to mass distribute ivermectin, certainly the United States can afford to as well. Hell, we sent out $1,400 checks to every man, woman, and child during the lockdowns, but our government decided not to do that with ivermectin. They preferred to force a vaccine that had not been through clinical trials on the entire population. Why would they do that, you may ask? Because above all, authoritarians value their agenda and your compliance with their dictates more than they value human life. City Journal published a story and a chart during the month about the effectiveness of mask mandates on COVID cases. Given that this is a non-visual format, I'm going to describe it to you. There is an orange line and a black line. One represents the number of COVID cases in the 39 states that had mask mandates, and the other represents the number of COVID cases in the 11 states without mandates. Guess what? The lines are identical. The John Durham investigation into the spying on Trump and his campaign is gaining momentum. As the current record indicates, multiple federal agencies, including the FBI and the CIA, keep in mind the CIA is not supposed to operate on U.S. soil, all were sicked on Trump and his associates by operatives tied to the Democrat National Committee and the presidential campaign of the nasty one Hillary Clinton. The FBI launched a sprawling investigation into Trump's campaign with some of the FBI officials most deeply involved in the probe privately expressing strong animus against Trump and preference for Clinton. Durham has issued trial subpoenas for Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign, the DNC, Fusion GPS, and Perkins Coie, a law firm that worked for Clinton. Meanwhile, the Clinton campaign has decided to pay a fine to the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, for some irregularities in their spending on, of campaign money related to the whole Trump spying issue. In an unrelated story, both Obama and Hillary came out within days of each other calling for more censorship online. The former in a speech, the latter on Twitter. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that both of them are implicated in the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. There certainly was Russia collusion between Obama, Hillary, the intelligence community, and the establishment Republicans who sat idly by while they did it. CNN Plus was shut down less than a month after its launch. 
Turns out no one wants to pay to hear lies and propaganda when they can get it for free. The network reportedly spent half a billion dollars setting it up. Well, we go from bust to boom as Trump's long-awaited social media platform, Truth Social, was officially launched in April. The Truth Social app has been the number one download in the Apple App Store since it launched. According to the United Nations, 9 million people are at risk of famine in Afghanistan. You know those stickers they put on the gas pumps with Joe Biden's face and the words, I did that? That applies here too. Let's turn our attention to the economy. Well, we are in a recession. Not officially, since that requires two quarters of negative GDP growth. But unofficially, it's a recession. Producer price index is up 11%. The consumer price index is up 8.5%. But if you use the same methodology to calculate the inflation rate from the 1980s, the rate is actually approaching 20%. Jen Psaki and Biden constantly repeated the phrase, Putin's price increase throughout the month when discussing the 40-year high inflation. I wrote this on Facebook. Can someone help me understand how Putin is solely responsible for the price you pay at the pump, as resident Biden has said repeatedly? The evidence is pretty damn clear if you know how to read an X and Y axis on a chart and key in on a particular date in early January of the year 2021, a date relevant to this claim. I then presented a chart of the CPI, Consumer Price Index, which took a sharp demonstrative spike up starting in January of 2021. Month after month, it climbed. And then at the top of the chart, I circled the tip with the word Putin on it. With the U.S. GDP in the negative, China's economic growth was almost 5% in the first quarter. And Russia's fossil fuel revenues have now doubled since sanctions were imposed by Biden. I'm not even going to call the National Democrats stupid because all of this shit is being done on purpose. Tear Down America is the name of the game. If you want to understand why they are doing it, listen to episode 196, the one previous to this, The Truth About Communism in America. Continuing the economic review, the stock market is an ugly place right now. I read somewhere that the drop in the S&P 500 through the first four months of the year is the worst drop since the Great Depression. Since the beginning of the year, the Dow is down 9.2%, the S&P is down 13%, the Russell 2000 is down 17%, and the NASDAQ is down almost 22%. A city clerk in Wisconsin was sued for her alleged role in an illegal absentee ballot harvesting scheme during the 2020 election. An election watchdog group found 137,500 ballots unlawfully trafficked in Wisconsin. Biden won that state by 20,000 votes. In North Carolina, an election watchdog group finished their audit of North Carolina voter rolls and uncovered close to 8,000 dead voters, as well as approximately 55,000 duplicate voters either registered more than once in North Carolina or registered in multiple states. In Georgia, we were blessed with some interesting statistics during the month. In 2012, Obama had 85,000 absentee ballots cast for him. In 2016, Hillary had 100,000 absentee ballots cast for her. In 2020, Trump had 135,000. Guess how many Biden had cast for him in 2020? 850,000 absentee ballots, 10 times more than Obama in 2012. And again, what was, what was Biden's margin of victory in Georgia? 11,000 votes. 
This watchdog group that published these numbers pointed out that there were 242 what are called mules that made over 5,600 ballot drop box trips in the Atlanta area. Speaking of mules, as if on cue, filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza's latest project, 2,000 Mules, debuted on May 2nd, but the hype started in late April. In the documentary, he proves that large-scale illegal vote trafficking occurred in the 2020 election. He told the Epoch Times, quote, 2,000 Mules will settle the issue beyond a shadow of a doubt by using two powerful independent modes of investigation. The evidence is so conclusive, so decisive, that it leaves nothing to argue about. D'Souza went on to say that the investigative team used cell phone tracking and video footage to prove that unauthorized intermediaries called mules collected thousands of absentee ballots from voters and deposited them in drop boxes for money, which is illegal in all 50 states. File this under nothing to see here. Please continue to ignore Hunter Biden's laptop. White House visitor logs reveal meetings between Hunter Biden's business partner and Joe. Eric Schwarin, the former president of Hunter Biden's now-dissolved investment firm, Rosemont Seneca Partners, visited the White House at least 19 times from 2009 to 2015. Speaking of nothing to see here and Hunter Biden, Democrats on the House Oversight Committee have blocked a Republican-backed subpoena to compel Hunter Biden to testify as a witness. Quote, Democrats just denied our motion to subpoena Hunter Biden, wrote Republican members on the committee on Twitter. They went on, they refused to hold Hunter accountable for his shady business dealings that makes us more dependent on China for renewable energy. It's past time for accountability. This is Exhibit 2293 of the Scorched Earth No Principle National Democrats. Win at all cost, dual justice system. If Hunter's last name was Trump, he'd already be in federal prison. Two female prisoners at New Jersey's correction facility are pregnant after having sex with transgender inmates. Couldn't see that one coming, could you? In episode 136, The Truth About Politically Induced Mental Illness, I examine what is essentially a mental illness among the extreme left woke community. This is Exhibit 1. Imagine the level of delusion one must operate under to be in the Bureau of Prisons in New Jersey or California where this same shit's going on, and having a discussion about allowing men who identify as women to serve their prison term at a woman's prison. This is sheer lunacy. It's full-fledged mental illness. Come to think of it, why are there separate prisons anyway, since the left cannot define the word woman? Apparently, BLM no longer stands for Black Lives Matter. It stands for Buy Luxurious Mansions, as it was disclosed that BLM co-founder Patrice Cullors purchased a $6 million mansion in Southern California back in 2020 using money donated to the organization. When asked to comment on the story, she called it a racist and sexist attack on the movement. Speaking of Black Lives, New York City Mayor Eric Adams had this to say during the month. Quote, here's my question that I put out to the city. Hey, I thought Black Lives Matter. Where are all those who stated Black Lives Matter? Then go and do an analysis of who was killed and shot last night. I was up all night speaking to my commanders in the Bronx and Brooklyn. The victims were black. Many of the shooters were black. Russia's invasion of Ukraine continued throughout the month of April. However, I don't have much to say here about the war because there's so much propaganda being put out by all sides that the truth is hard to arrive at. The Ukrainian government is extremely corrupt and puts out their own propaganda. Russia is Russia. They are propagandist extraordinaires, only outdone by the United States of America. 
The amount of spin coming out of D.C. over Ukraine is quite remarkable. No one talks about peace. Only talk about escalation and discussions about how many billions of dollars in aid and military hardware and equipment Biden and his cronies are going to send over to continually poke the Russian bear to the point where Putin is now talking about nuclear war. It's all very civilized and goes to show yet again how dangerous it is, not only to America, but to the world when we have complete morons running our country. The only part of this story worth covering is the economic backstory, as Putin and China are using the U.S.-led financial sanctions against Russia as an opportunity to dethrone the U.S. dollar as the global reserve currency as the Biden administration continues to play Candyland while Putin plays chess. Check out episode 191, The Truth About the Petrodollar, for a deep dive into that topic. Speaking of playing Candyland, Joe Biden has signed a measure into law to end normal trade relations with Russia and signed a separate measure to codify the United States' ban on Russian oil imports, marking the latest major U.S. response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. What does that all mean? Higher prices at the pump for the United States, since Biden also severely cut back drilling on federal lands. As I mentioned earlier, I no longer believe the National Democrats are idiots. They're doing all this on purpose. Everything they do, every damaging policy they pursue is right out of the communist playbook, as I discussed in episode 196. In this case, purposely raising energy costs for all Americans. But when you think through Biden's presidency as a whole, you really can see the damage he's doing. Foreign relations. Leaders around the world won't even take his calls. The economy is in shambles, as I have already documented. The stock market is collapsing. The Ministry of Truth Bureau at the DHS. Open borders and inflation at 40-year highs. Well done, Resident Biden. And that's the truth about April 2020, the month of the all-out assault on free speech and the First Amendment. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.